And that was Sidewalk Tree from the 1974 musical Raisin, winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical. My name is Corey Rose, and I'm a major in multimedia journalism and double minoring in theater and communication. And you're listening to Behind the Curtain with Corey Rose, a weekly look at South Florida theater professionals who have a unique view on the world around them. I'm here <laughs> with Miss Jacinia Ozuna. Ozuna. Mm-hmm. Hey, girl. Hi, how are you? <laughs> My name is Jacinia Ozuna. I am Benita in the uh, New Cities Players production, A Raisin in the Sun, directed by Mary Gunlich. Yes. So you are a FAMU graduate, 2017, mm-hmm. most recently seen in the Colored Museum and Raisin in the Sun. Yes. <laughs> so I like to start the show off with all of our guests by asking you mm-hmm. something you did, something you ate, and something you saw this week. Something I did? This week? Oh, what did I do this week? Well, my kids had a ballet workshop, so, because I teach um, at Miami Northwestern Senior High School. Also, what did I eat? Literally today, I had a blueberry bagel with strawberry cream cheese. That's my favorite. That's my morning ritual every morning. So, I always eat that every morning. And something I saw, what did I see recently? Love and Hip Hop Miami. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. gosh. You watch it? Yes, I do. It's a mess. Listen, it's a great mess. I listen. love watching it. Oh, my God. So um, I was actually shocked at last night's episode because Prince, he uh, released a new single and um, nobody was taking him serious as a artist. And um, his single is actually pretty good. I was listening to it on my way here. So I was like, wow, he shocked me. It's kind of like groovy, it's like psychedelic vibes, give you that Rick James feel. But what yeah. are your thoughts on Amara La Negra? Oh, I love her. I think she's so beautiful. Uh, she is so beautiful. Um, she did not put a root out on that girl. Uh, she- she did not. I think that girl is just like, I think she's lying, honestly, just for TV play. Just like um, she didn't really date pleasure. I think it's funny how like they'll be at these different locations in Miami and South Florida. I'm like, oh, I was just there last week. Right. Like all these Arcola different Parks restaurants is literally, um, they shot a scene at Arcola Lake Park. And that's literally around the corner from my house. Wow. Right. You so, could have been there. Right. That's what I said. Why? got exposed or something <laughs> but um i think amada lenegra is super beautiful super talented she's dominican so um and i'm dominican too so come on afro latina mm-hmm. so um i was very proud to see someone of her stature or of our ethnicity you know representing dominican culture so i'm i'm so proud of her nice so like you said you are playing bonita and new city players production of a raisin in the sun yes I caught this production, I think, last Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It that was a good night. was amazing. Oh, thank I you. was front row. I was... Giving me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I was right there. I was witch all. I was being spat on, and I loved every second of it. The splash zone. The splash zone. <laughs> me and Daryl were sitting here clutching our pearls. It was That's wonderful. great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So I want to ask you a l- couple questions about Benita. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your experiences with Raisin in the Sun before you started auditioning for it? Okay, so I went to Miami Northwestern Senior High School. I was a part of the Payback Drama Program, and um, that's where I was introduced to theater mainly. I went there my 11th grade year. By my senior year, 
I was Benita and well we did a scene it wasn't like the whole play but we did a scene and I was Benita and it was the scene with Benita and Asagai and we did that scene mm-hmm. um, me and this fellow student of at my Northwestern and um, that was the only time I was ever introduced to Raisin in the Sun um, I always played Benita so before I auditioned for this, I was like, oh, I have experience with playing Benita, so it should be it should be easy. But no, it hasn't been easy, honestly. <laughs> but um, so I had auditioned for it, and lo and behold, I got the part. And I was super shocked because, you know, here in Miami, the theater community is very small and like for black actors it's even smaller like we literally see each other all the time when we're auditioning so it's like it's about like 50 something people that came out to audition and so many people were called back and it's like a cast of what five eight eight people or whatever and I was actually shocked that I was picked out of all those 50 to play Benita and it's been a journey um, I learned a lot about myself, about the character, about Lorraine Hansberry. It, it's it's right, definitely your your character is the one she based off. Yeah, herself. it's an autobiography. Autobiographical. Oh, autobiographical. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's her her, her character based on her. So. so you got the part. What was your first thought? You want me to? Do you want me to portray this intelligent woman? Because honestly. Benita, we're similar, but I think she's more outspoken than I am in reality. Um, and I think she's just, she's so complex and she, she means what she says and and I'm so indirect and she's so direct and she's just, she's a force. Like she's really a force to be reckoned with and she's she's funny, she's smart, she's flirty, she's, she's just... She has so many levels to her. So right. just just exploring that and and through the text and seeing where I can go with her, it was just it was really a journey and it, I enjoyed this so much. I think portraying this character was my most challenging work that I've ever had to do, but it was the most rewarding at the end. Like when I and I'm still discovering her even as the show runs, I'm still trying to find little nuances and I think Saturday night just so happened to be like one of my best nights that I've ever played Benita. So it was in wild. my opinion, everybody was on 10 it, Saturday night. Yeah, it it was amazing. It was amazing. But thank you. Um what's been your biggest challenge about taking the role? Being vulnerable. So like um I can me personally my character is to be detached like i'm detached from emotions i don't believe in that at all like i don't like wearing my heart on my sleeve so i have a very like hard time doing that and i think not being afraid to just feel something or cry or get mad or get sad i'm not good at exploring emotions so like i feel the most challenging part was getting her her aura her presence down pat because i did want to make sure that i was doing lorraine's hansberry justice and more importantly just reaching that emotional peak and filling that void of nothingness that um benita has to her because at the end of the day someone took her life away from her she wanted to be this world renowned doctor probably one 
one of the first black female doctors in her time, honestly, in her family. And so, like, she had a lot of goals and a lot of dreams and aspirations, and somebody literally wiped that away from her. And I feel like reaching that level of... Devastation. Nothing, yeah, nothingness, it, it was it was a challenge for me because I know I've I've had things taken away from me and feeling hopeless and feeling that that pain, but the way I handle it, I always just move forward and just, you know, kind of let it just, I just carry that weight, carry that baggage. And Benita wasn't afraid to show that she was without nothing, and, and especially in front of someone that she loved. So that was my most challenging part. Right, and... What did you just? What was the first thing you discovered with Benita as you were exploring the text and going into rehearsals? She's a radical. Like she's an activist, super in like oh, super comfortable, knows who she is. Um, and you know what's so interesting? I read in the text that um, she has she's pretty, but she has a handsomeness to her. And I don't understand what that means. And <laughs> it, it says that she's not as beautiful as Ruth, which is Walter's wife. And it kind of made me think, is that the reason why she's so, you know, into becoming a doctor? Because she doesn't feel like she's, like, beautiful enough or, like, she doesn't. Or maybe she, maybe she looks at Ruth and sees that, all her beauty was got her was a husband a husband yeah yeah and like so i thought that was very interesting that lorraine's hansberry described her as you know pretty but handsome so i just felt like her character was more so like she was mad she was feminine but she had masculine energy does that make sense right so i tried to like in invoke that energy into the way I walk, the way when I walk on stage, like how from the top of the scene when I came out um, and my hair was a mess and like, I don't think Ruth would ever come out that, uh, come out her room looking like the way Benita. So like just finding those nuances and just bringing that to life. Yeah. Is there anything that you don't like about Benita and then something you love? That she gets slapped. I don't think that she was, <laughs> something I love too yes something I didn't like I didn't like that she got slapped I didn't like that she was being bratty when it came down to them losing the money because when um, mama corrected her and told her like listen you take into account of all the things that this man has been through like black so I just took that as black men period like or black women you're you're living in a different time yes the times are rough but we they were born in a time where people were snatched away from black families were broken up because of the skin because of their skin color so I feel like she was being very bratty at times when it came down to her um losing the money well, in basically in the um, act two and act three, I felt like she was being very like ungrateful. Um, what I love about her, I love, I love how spontaneous she is. Um, that whole scene with the um, African, African get yeah, a, that's my favorite scene. Like in the whole play, like it was so fun to watch. Yes, because I get to like really just 
feel I feel like I brought a certain energy that you don't see again in the play when it comes down to Benita because you see her when she's like super like into herself she's a know-it-all and then you see her when she's like super angry and then she's like remorseful crying sobbing you see all of that but then that one scene it was like oh my god I get to have fun I get to to be myself without my without being myself really but like still bringing that energy so I felt like that was my favorite part what what came easily to you throughout this process nothing (laughs) nothing 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 like this is my second production so my professional production so a lot of the actors that I worked with they have years on me how they've been doing this for a while so I always felt like within the process I always found myself trying to prove myself and that got me in my head a lot and I wasn't making good choices acting choices and so well in my opinion because I'm my toughest critic so like I feel like literally nothing came easy honestly just maybe not even learning the lines because Lorraine Hansberry is a wordy she is <laughs> she is all of her work is very wordy and just uh, she says a mouthful and it, all of it is important of course but it's like literally nothing was easy about this i think this was my hard most challenging body of work i had to present if you could play any other character in the show who would you play bobo <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the matter with your walter that is my that is my favorite favorite character literally um, and just how Jean played it, it was just so, it wasn't funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not but funny. you were watching a man who was literally at rock bottom. Yes. And knowing he was about to drag somebody else right down with him. Yes. And I, and you know, I think this is a man of integrity, like, because he did feel bad because he told him, I have to tell, I have to be honest with you. Like. I didn't put in the money that I said I was going to put in. You basically put in your whole life savings. I put my whole life savings, but I still lied in some certain extent. But I'm here to make everything right and let you know that this is what happened. So I felt like Bobo, he's a very um, important character in yeah. the play. But he's he literally steps out for like... Maybe three minutes. Maybe three maybe minutes. Maybe three minutes. Maybe three minutes. But I, that three minutes launch is the rest yes, of the show. Yes, yes. And that if, as soon as he leaves, it's nothing but emotional turmoil throughout. Right. So I think Bobo. <laughs> wow, I wasn't expecting that because usually what? Raisin in the Sun, people are like, oh, I want to play Ruth. I want to be Mama um, when I'm older. No. Mm-mm. I don't think I can handle all of that. I'm I don't sure think, you could. I, I don't think, you know... I think um, what really helped me with Benita is my life experiences. So I was that, I'm still that child or that teenager or that adult who comes back home from college. And because you experience so much here at college, you just, you think that you know it all, but you know nothing, honestly. And so when I used to go back home and from college and I used to talk to my family, they used to be like, well, well what got into you? You think you better than us because you... And I just be like, no, I'm just, I've seen other, yeah, I've seen other things. You guys are literally in the same city doing the same thing that I left you guys doing. And I never realized how 
ignorant that sounds. Well, not ignorant, but just it doesn't it's selfish. Yes, it's very selfish because you had an opportunity to get out. Like my family, they don't come from you know a lot of money or they don't have everything and you know they didn't push education because they was always working all the time to provide right and i was very and i felt like that ungratefulness i was i was that i was i was very ungrateful when i was younger but now i learned i matured so so i can always go back and pull from that and and i'm able to portray benita in the perfect manner what is it about A Raisin in the Sun that makes this show still so poignant? Well, I feel like, so the play, so the poem, a dream, um, I think it's A Dream Deferred. I'm not, mm-hmm. it's Dream Deferred. Um, that is what inspired her to um, name the play Raisin in the Sun, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me. Um, but... Um, a raisin in the sun. I think Miss Carolyn had said something like this along the lines. I hope I do it justice. We speak uh, your name, Miss Carolyn Johnson. Yes, <laughs> she was. A oh my god, I, I love them. I love everybody. Shout out to Miss Carolyn, Rod, Aaron, Javon, John, and Ryan. Shout out to all y'all. Y'all did an amazing job, and it's been a pleasure working with you guys. Um, but back to the the question. I'm sorry, Miss um, Carolyn. She said something about a raisin actually being in the sun, and how it dries up, and to the point where after after it dries completely dries, it's no way of going, no way of turning it back, no way of hydrating it. So, I, I guess the whole dream deferred and raising the sun that kind of correlates due to the fact that, um, could you imagine you put your whole life? Cause everybody in the house has this dream. Mama has the dream of Walter and, or, her, or her kids being better than her and her husband doing better things, doing greater things than her, she has ever imagined or has ever done for herself. Ruth has this big dream of moving into a house, being a a real wife, doesn't have to work as much, and her husband just being happy, being able to just provide happiness for her husband and having her children. And and then you have Benita wanting to become a doctor. So you have this whole household that wants wants a dream, but they feel like, everything is literally coming in the way and preventing them of ever reaching that that dream or ever getting to that goal that they want in life. So I feel like everybody that's still monumental in the world now and that's still pivotal. That's a that's an issue that everybody has in their household, always dreaming and always wanting more for their life and something always pops up cuz I know in my situation as being an an actor, I a year ago, two years ago, I would have never been acting. Um, and it's so funny because when my mom passed away, um, I told myself that I would never act again because my mom was my biggest supporter and I didn't know how to move on or move forward from that. And so literally I got somebody to reach out to me to perform, and which is my friend, and, um, and I ended up doing Color Museum. And he gave me 
my passion. Shout out to Jamel Booth. Um, he he literally you speak your name, Jamel Booth. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he gave me he gave me the tools that I needed to get back up again to love what I do. And I wow, I can relate to so much. I can relate to Benita so much. Oh my God, we're literally we're literally the same people because something drastic had to happen to me to make me feel like I didn't have what it takes to move forward. If you and Benita could do an activity together, what would you do? Hmm. So many things. I definitely would study with her because she's super smart. Um, I definitely would. We can comb our afros out together. <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely do that. Um, I would do so many things with her. Literally, I feel like we'll be great friends. We could double date. We can definitely dub- double date. I hope Asagai has a friend. Honestly, I want to do that Akomagosier, that mm-hmm. whole little African get up. And I want to be able to, she needs to teach me how to rap the whole little ensemble piece. So that I think I would want to do that with her. I want Benita to teach me how to rap a head rap. Because that head wrap, I was like, oh. Did you see my oh, hair under that? No. Oh, great. Because I was fixing it the whole time because I really <laughs> forgot that I had to put it on my head. You know, I'd, I'd read Raisin in the Sun maybe in ninth grade or something, mm-hmm. but we didn't delve deep into it. It was kind of like one of the ones we passed over and went into something else with. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten pretty much 90% of the plot. Mm-hmm. And so when you took out that head wrap and revealed that natural hair. I heard you. I was, I was like. Gooped. <laughs> <laughs> I was gooped. You watch Drag Race? I do. <laughs> I do. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan too. Monique Hart. Yes. I love sis. America. Yeah. I didn't know my words, America. <laughs> I love her. But um, I would do so many activities. I would do everything with her, honestly. I feel like me and her would definitely be best friends. I would do literally absolutely everything. How was the process of a raisin in the sun different from your processes with the colored museum and then university level theater? You know, every director is different. Every director is different. And um my directors in college. Okay, so when I was in college, I was a big diva. So, I'm not like that anymore. So, when I was in college, Shout out to Luther Wells and um, who else? And Valencia Matthews. Um, I I was very hard to work with in in college, and um, I basically thought I knew it all, and so I wasn't open to learning. And then one of my professors told me, and I'll never forget. Um, he told me, "You have a beautiful gift." and you're super talented you have a beautiful gift and you're super talented and you have natural instincts however um you'll never get far if you are not open to learning and so I was very closed off and I always wanted and I've always tried this whole method acting thing and I remember I had um did Blues for Alabama Sky and um me and this actor used to make out literally every rehearsal because I had to like straddle him and do all that kind of. And we used to make out every rehearsal because I was into like this method acting. And you know, when you you're when you're a student, you always think that you know everything, but you know nothing. And so, um, yeah. So I guess I was more I was more um, bold when I was um, in college. But as I started with the Color Museum. Um, 
he kind of just allowed us to be more he just wanted to see what we were going to do opposed to you know telling us like this is how I want it this is my vision this is what I what I need this is what I expect you to do um he kind of just let us figure it out on our own and and he'll kind of like mold it and say okay yeah that's too much let's see what else you can and I enjoy that too I enjoyed that but we raising in the sun Mary had a, a very distinct vision of how she wanted <laughs> she had a very distinct vision of how she wanted raising in the sun and I didn't understand it during the process but once I saw the the full body and the full body of work and the passion and how inspiring it was then I was like wow she really she's a visionary she really knew exactly how she wanted it and she made it amazing and and I loved and I loved the way she directed me so I feel like every director is different so I learned definitely new things so switching gears from Raisin in the Sun, you said you were a university student, fam, you go Rattlers. Mm-hmm. What made you choose an HBCU? When I was in high school, um, I I used to tell myself that I'm so sick of the black experience because I went to in, a school in the inner city. So um, it was a lot of like gun violence going around in the area and stuff like that. We were literally in cold red, like, Probably every month. That was my middle school. <laughs> oh, they shooting at Popeyes. Okay, yeah, y'all. we got to do cold red. Everybody stay in the stay in the room. Close the windows. Turn, turn the off lights. the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so that was basically everything. And I was just like, oh, my God, I am not trying to be in another black school. And so, um, but then, sure enough, Miss Charlotte Seward called Luther Wells, and she said, um, this would be a great school for you. You can get a scholarship. You could do this. You can do this. Because at first, honestly, I didn't even want to go to college. But um, And if I did want to go to college, I wanted to go to Howard. And um, I knew Howard was too expensive, and I wouldn't be able to afford it. And so um, I wanted to go to FAMU, but I was going to do journalism. And so, right. And so... Mr. Wells told me, oh, well, if you're going to do journalism, you can't get this scholarship, so you're going to have to pick which one you want to do. I was like, okay, well, great. Um, I don't have any money, so I'm going to do theater. And so um, I always knew that I wanted to go to a a uni- – well, I always knew that I wanted to go to um, a university, but I never knew what an HBCU was until I actually got on FAMU campus. And so, like – HBCU is literally them making sure that you don't forget your 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 heritage, your ancestry. And and the most admirable thing that I love about my HBCU, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University is that we have a kind of like a museum. It's called the Black Archives and it literally has everything uh, that's historic about the university and it all derives from back back then when the school was first founded and it has so many artifacts and it just makes you very proud of where you come from and they never let you forget where you come from and always to move forward being positive for the black community and I love that about my HBCU so that's what I can appreciate about them so you finished your first semester what were your thoughts after your first semester being a theater major at FAMU? 
I can't do this shit. That was literally <laughs> my. Can I cuss? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, that was literally my first. My first thought. I couldn't do this shit. But it was like, because I didn't really. I liked school, but I really didn't like school. And they had me. I thought I was gonna come to college and just do straight theater shit. And the fact that it was like math and college algebra yeah (laughs) life science yeah like who wants to do that i came here to perform but mr wells used to always instill in us that how you gonna be an actor if you can't count your money how you gonna be an actor if you don't know anatomy you don't you're not familiar with your body and just so he used to make make like little remarks about that so that kind of like made me move forward and made me wanna, want to finish those genetics. yeah like when i really got into it and really was just focusing on um theater i think that's when i really was motivated to finish what roles did you play in college I played so many, but honestly, I think they were all the same. If I have to be honest, um, I always get not so bad to say. Honestly, I used to always play like the attractive woman or like the who had major sex appeal type of characters. I don't think they. The only time I would really challenge myself is when um. I was just doing like scenes and stuff in class and stuff. So that's the only time I really got to challenge myself. But I would usually get cast for, you know, the squeak. Pretty much. Got you. Pretty much. What were your seasons like at FAMU? Like, did, do you feel as though the work you did there prepared you for the professional realm? No. Mm-mm. I don't think so. Um, well, yeah, to a certain extent. To a certain extent. Um, Because like I said, in the classroom, I did challenge myself all the time. But then I got to a point where I was just like super comfortable. And I thought I I learned everything that I could possibly learn. And I got bored with learning new things because I felt like it was starting to be like repetitive. So I didn't want... So I was very like complacent. So um, I don't think... In a way, it has prepared me because I remember I wanted to go to grad school and my professor told me that you're not ready for grad school. And I was and I couldn't understand why he said that I wasn't ready for grad school until I got out. And he said, you need to go out in the real world and work first. And when I started working, I understood why he said I wasn't ready for grad school because I have asked my way through college and the only reason i got through college was because i was a great performer i'm sorry this this self-realization this (laughs) self-awareness i'm loving it Mm, yeah um so your curriculum you guys obviously it was a hbcu so you guys had classes about black theater yes we had um a class called contemporary black theater and when I mean they broke it down from the minstrel shows to the new generation of um, black theater. So they definitely, um, wow, yeah, I, I forgot all about that. They definitely exposed us to that. And like I said, fam, you never let us forget about where we came from, whether it was about theater. And I'm sure journalism even had some, I don't want to cuss. I'm trying to be good about that. Had some stuff about um, 
black journalists and um the hardship that they face like they never let us forget about us and how it is how it's in in actuality it's hard for black performers black journalists black people in general so um i i feel like they definitely instilled self-awareness um in that aspect wow i mean i wish I wish that we had something like that here Mm -hmm. because I'm just now getting introduced to all these great playwrights like Lynn Nottage and Elijah Sun. Girl. girl. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Like in college. Yes. Not even your high school. Well, I went to, I went to a college prep high school. So we did, what do we do? We did, you can't take it with you. We did musicals, we did High School Musical, we did Jurgen Man, Charlie Brown, oh. but we didn't have a lot of black theater students. Oh. So we couldn't do shows like Fences or Raisin in the Sun or things like that because we simply didn't have the pool for it. But then I got to college and, you know, we do Shakespeare, we do Ibsen, we do Moliere, all that fun stuff. See, but that's, that's the thing. Like, it has its pros and it has its cons. Like, you guys have the resources. Like, this whole set up like i'm well i'm sure we didn't i mean it's probably good but it's not like it's not resourceful like i don't feel like i don't even know too much about journalism but it's just like the whole theater i know that for the theater it's like finances is definitely a problem to right. produce certain type of work it takes a lot of money and that in actuality the theater just didn't have so we get stuck with these plays that we do over and over and over again because we are we aren't financed correctly right. or proper. So you guys have the money, but you guys aren't getting exposed to what you guys want to get exposed to. And we want more of I actually want more classical stuff because I've been doing so much black right. theater. And it, it, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it got me to the point where I actually wouldn't mind to be a classical actor like I love Shakespeare. I love Moliere. I actually did for my senior project Tartuffe. So come on, Tartuffe. Yes, I was Elmira. <laughs> so um, I actually did that, and I was that was extremely challenging for me because we had literally one class about classical pieces, and then the work that we're doing. And not saying that they never did it, but when I was there, they never did like. Um, classical plays i know they did like Strata and they did um oedipus but i wasn't there when they did that so we don't have i, I guess money is definitely an issue when it comes down to black schools right so wow and the awareness is an issue when it comes down to pwis yeah wow it's such a give and take and i mm-hmm. never really considered that um to do so you graduated, mm-hmm. and then you came back down to South Florida. Mm-hmm. Did you find that there was a big draw for African-American or Afro-Latina actresses when you got down here? Um, okay, elaborate. What do you mean? As in, when you got here, did you see that they were casting shows that were inclusive of those types of roles? Did you see yourself reflected on the stage? See, like I said, I don't know. Honestly, because, you know, I'm new to the theater community here in South Florida. Um, I don't really know, honestly. So I just, I see that they do a lot of, like, black work They, from what I see. But I think it's more white theater, 
here. Why? It's a shame that I had to whisper that. I feel so bad. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot of white theater here in South Florida. And, like, you have these little, little, tiny, small companies that are producing black plays. So I don't really know too much about that. But maybe in, like, the next three years, I'll be able to to let you know. But I don't really know. What is your advice for a black girl in a theater program in college? At HBCU or PWI? Because it's so much. Um, PWI. And HBCU. Boom. Okay. For a PWI, don't be afraid to step out and go into the community if you have to. Um, And search for the training the experience that you feel like that you need because if you depend on your university to provide you with that sometimes they don't necessarily know that they're ignorant to some of the things that they do so you can't really fault them because this is all they know and this is all they can provide for you so you can't really you know do this pity party or woe is me type of attitude you just have to go out and get it yourself um and for an HBCU, literally the same thing because, like I said, you can really get stuck into that old Negro playing. Oh, I was all my life I had to. And we, honestly, that is not helping you develop as an as an actors as an actress or an actor. Um, so definitely, don't be afraid to go out into the community and get the type of training that you want and. For you, what will make you a better actor or a better actress or more technical actor or whatever you want. So don't always continuously take classes and always make sure that and always make sure that you're making time for your craft. Wow. Mm-hmm. Insightful. <laughs> so we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're okay. going to play a game. Oh, great. Okay. So for this, I need your top number one dream role. You're going to have to know the show, though. I would love to be Mimi. In Rent? In Rent. Ooh, I could see that. Yeah. All right. Now, Dreamcast, the rest of the show, using celebrities. So, that's Rent. So, you got Roger. You got Mark. You got Benny. You got Maureen. Joanne. Angel. And Collins. Angel? Valentina did not do it for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love sus. I love sus. And I love Valentina. And she was, her looks was on point, but. She was giving me if a rich girl played angel and not actual angel. I would definitely. Roger, who who would I want to be my Roger? Oh, um, he fine. But I don't know if he could sing. Bradley Cooper, he could sing, right? Bradley Cooper can sing, but he's yeah. a little old. He is, but if he's like younger, younger Bradley Cooper, I need that. Who's a younger white guy that can sing? Oh Lord Jesus! It's not that many. There but, aren't that many. Um, who else do we have? Okay, uh, Joanne and Maureen. Joanne and Maureen, wow! Oh my God, I would want. Who would I want to play Joanne? Who's a black beastly singer these days? Oh, Janelle Monae. Oh, that'd be cute. But 
what's her name? Cynthia. Cynthia Arriva. Mm-hmm. That'd be cute. And who would be my Maureen? Maureen, I would have to give it to. What's her name? Leah Michelle. That's her name. Yeah, mm-hmm. Glee. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd I'm be cute. It. Yeah, that'd be cute. Um, who else? Okay, Maureen, you didn't cast Angel. Angel? You just said Valentina didn't do it. <laughs> oh Lord, it's so many people that are, like regular people in this world. You can do regular people, like South Florida theater people. Angel, who I would believe it. I would honestly, the only person who I could see playing Angel is the person that played it in that movie in the original um, Broadway production. Him, Wilson Jermaine Heredia. No, he was the one who played Colin. Oh, you got to get your facts. I got to get my facts right because you know we can't be up here lying on the air. <laughs> played by no, no, it was Wilson Jermaine Heredia. For real, Her- Heredia, Wilson Jermaine Heredia. Oh well, then yeah, him. <laughs> he did okay. a great job. So we got Angel. We got okay. Who's your Collins? The man who played Colin, I, Brandon no, Victor Dixon, the one who played Colin on the live version. He was good to me. He was. He, he was, was the great. best one. He was the he best. He carried one. the show. What? Oh my god! He had me in tears. He had me in tears. He did so, great. You got Brandon Victor Dixon, Wilson Jermaine Heredia, mm-hmm. Leah Michelle, Cynthia Erivo, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper. We still missing Mark, Benny. You think Mario was a good Benny? You know, he wasn't the Benny that I wanted, yeah, but he was it... the Benny that that production needed. Yeah. He was the Benny that would suit an NBC Live musical. <laughs> and that's my take on that. Who I would want to be Benny, I would have to say um, regular person. Um, it's this guy who does theater that I know. His name is Brian L. Boyd. Um, phenomenal singer. Beautiful voice. Very talented. Very gifted. I would want him to be Benny. Benny. And you still got Mark. The guy who played it on live. You think he was good? He was okay. I th- Exactly. He he did the white fine. Man, the white man on the movie. I liked him. Anthony Rapp? Yeah, he had a lot of pizzazz to him <laughs> so I, yeah i probably would cast him again wow that'd be an old cast of red okay. they'd all those are some adults <laughs> those are some grown-ups well if we were still in like the 1980s that'd be it'd be fine yeah and i was their age that'd be great <laughs> wow cynthia Ariva as joanne i want to hear that yeah oh my God. i'm sure she's singing something oh my i'm sure i could probably find it you think so? Not the whole role, but I'm sure she's saying, like, take me or leave me somewhere. Oh, no. Dang. I, I wanted to do my dream role would definitely be Squeak in the color purple. Oh. However, I didn't want to have to cast all those people. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't. But that'll be when, that'll be my dream role. I would have a great time with that. Come on, Brown Betty. That's a great show. Oh, I, my God. I, I discussed this, I think, with Daryl. I was like, somebody down here is going to do the color purple within the next two or three seasons are you gonna audition i will be there first in line (laughs) i will have my best material ready because i will be doing that show oh my god that's your dream show um i would say the Wiz is my dream show to direct Mm. the color purple is my dream show to be in the ensemble for Mm. and dream girls is my dream show to like have an actual character 
I want to age through dream girls. Like I'll do Cece and then when I'm older I'll do Curtis. Maybe do Jimmy in between, but that'd be I can see that. Jimmy. Jimmy got so No. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you doing that. Oh, this has been That'd so be fun. fun. Oh, yes. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> Where can we find you? Oh, follow me on Instagram, period. No, follow me on Instagram at Miss Ozuna. M-I-S-S-S-O-Z-U-N. And as an Nancy, A. See, that's where you that's where you slip up. Cause I tried finding you on Instagram and I was like, Miss Ozuna. And I forgot there was that third S. I was like, did she delete her Instagram? Yeah. That third S is important. <laughs> It'll take you to somebody yeah, else's page. Because I wanted like to do the two S, but like it was just not working. My kids literally know me as Miss Ozuna, like M I S S. Like you cannot <laughs> you cannot call me M S dot Ozuna. That's just not gonna happen. Because that implies something completely different. Yeah. So, I love my kids. Shout out to Miami Northwestern. Payback. Drama. Love y'all. Are you doing any upcoming shows? Ooh. Nothing that I can say on air yet. But, um... Follow me on Instagram. See, our guests have been dropping these. Yeah, I'm in a new project, but I can't say anything about it Yeah, yeah. Like, last week, Carol was on. She was like, you know, there's a project, and South Florida Theater is going to be very excited about it, and I can't say anything about it. I was like, dang it. I can't. I wish I could, but I can't just yet. Okay. Any last words for our lovely listeners? Yes. I just want to say, I want to say hi to all my lovely friends and family. Um... Shout out to Sarah Lubin. She has been uh, a very important part of my life. She has helped me through my whole acting experience here in South Florida. Um, Jamel Booth, of course. Luther Wells. Valencia Matthews. Christopher Berry. He's my um, mentor. He taught me everything I know. Psych. Not really. Um, Everybody. Shout out to everybody. And um, thank you for listening. And... Um, hopefully you guys see me in more upcoming projects that I have and follow me on Instagram. Nice. And as always, if you like the show, you can follow us on Instagram at behind the curtain pod on Instagram and BTCW Corey on Facebook. Um, and as always, if you like the show, please share the show. We want as many people in South Florida and beyond to hear the gospel of the amazing guests that we have on as possible. Um, I leave you with nothing but peace, love, and happiness. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.